This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Well, all right, all right, all right. Guys, what can I even say about this episode? What am I going to do? Introduce Matthew McConaughey? I'm pretty sure you guys know who he is. This was such an incredible opportunity. I thought I was going to freak my freak, like not be able to even talk. And it actually went so well. I'm shocked at how comfortable I was, but that is just a testament to the kind of person that Matthew is. Extremely easy to talk to, so personable. He is so engaged in the conversation. And we had a lot of fun. My mom still can't get over the fact that I podcasted with Matthew McConaughey. But anyways, here we are. Matthew McConaughey is an Academy Award-winning actor and a number one New York Times bestselling author of Green Lights. If you have not read Green Lights, you must. It is incredible. I listened to the audiobook. He narrates the audiobook. Highly recommend. His new children's book, which just came out on September 12th, is called Just Because, and it is also a New York Times bestseller. You and your family are going to love Just Because. It explores the contradictions all around us and how they make us who we are. It is filled with Matthew's trademark humor and wisdom. And honestly, when you're reading it to your children, it's going to make you think as well. I honestly want to sit down with it, go over each couplet, which that's a new word that I learned. A couplet is just because we disagree doesn't mean you're not right. I don't know why I said that in his accent, but I did. So that's a couplet. But yeah, I really want to sit down, go through each couplet, and understand how they appear in my own life. It's really interesting. It makes you reflect and really think. Matthew said that he wrote this book for your kids, for his kids, and for the kid in all of us. I cannot wait for you guys to listen to this episode. I'm pretty sure we're best friends now. So without further ado, please welcome Matthew McConaughey to the Mom Room podcast. Matthew McConaughey, welcome to the Mom Room. Good to be in the Mom Room today. So I always ask my guests what their transition into motherhood was like. So for you, I'm going to ask you what your transition into fatherhood was like. Was there anything unexpected? Was it more difficult than you anticipated? Very early on, I think the first lesson that became clear that was different than what I thought was the nature over nurture. I knew how important nurture was, but I didn't realize how much nature was like, oh, they are who they are. They come out. You can amend, you can shepherd, you can guide, you can help them get rid of some of the poorer habits of their DNA. You can help them turn on and amplify some of the better habits of their DNA, but they kind of are who they are. Do you guys see a lot of yourself and Camilla in your kids? Yes. It's, it, you, there's certain things. I think usually there's certain things that I won't notice are me about them. But Camille will be like, duh, don't you see where they get that from? You know, or I'll notice things about them and she'll be like, where do they get that from? I'm like, look in the mirror. You know, we remind, I think, each other more of how our kids are like each other than, than we even notice ourselves sometimes. But yes, indeed. So was fatherhood what you expected it to be? You know, I'm, I mean, I'm still on the, that's something I can probably tell you once my kids are all out of the house. I mean, I didn't have any concrete 
ideas about what to do when. I had, I mean, my, I probably had, my instincts were surely primed for it. We were not interested in, you know, all the books we were unsolicitedly given. Wanted to, you know, we, we, we had a similar, Camilla and I had a similar moral bottom line about what we, what we wanted and how we saw ourselves parenting in our imagination. We had had plenty of talks about how we were both raised, about the assets of how we were, about things we'd like to amend and change, about how we each were raised. We had, we were very clear on what I learned from my parents and what she learned from her that we wanted, it was very important for us to instill in our own kids that we wanted to carry on. And I mean, it's constantly surprising, you know, and I've got two now teenagers. That's a whole new treasure chest of emotions and things and wants and needs. And they're starting to notice that, oh, for the first time, you know, uh, I don't have time to do everything I want to do. I have to, if I sacrifice, if I do this, I have to sacrifice that. So what's more important? Well, when they're younger, it's kind of like 24 hours is plenty of time to do all you want to do. And all of a sudden you start getting commitments and interest in different places. It's like, well, you're going to have to kind of pick one or the other or, you know, and time, that time management they're having to do right now. Plus the world telling them, you know, you, you need to you need to figure out what you want to be, or who you are, what you want to do, and we're trying to like, no, 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 you know you don't. Try different things out. I had this conversation with one of my kids the other day. Just going on to play a sport. It was like so because if I play the sport, do you tell me I, does this mean I need to be pro in it? We're like, no, it doesn't mean you need to be a pro in it. Just go try it. It's exercise. It's good for your your brain. It's good for your your body. It's good for your spirit. And just. Give, your, give a good effort. You don't have to be a pro at it. Don't put that pressure on yourself, which is a lot of what I think the book's about. about there's certain pressures that kids feel that they don't, aren't really necessary to feel. No, for sure. You can tell them about me. I finished my PhD a few days before quarantine, and now I podcast for a living. So, right. <laughs> you know, things change. Yeah, yeah. Like, what was the biggest change in your life that you noticed from pre-kids to post-kids? One, a feeling of immortality, which I believe every parent, you know, if we're fortunate, becomes with the passing on of our lineage and bloodline and shaping and these young minds and spirits and, and sending them off. And if we're fortunate enough for them to procreate, we live forever. It's the greatest example, the greatest mirror we, we live, the greatest shadow or light we leave you know, you want to see, you want to know a parent, go hang out with their kids. Hopefully. What else? I mean, that'd be the first one that I noticed, you know, or a different way. And, and you just, you go through, you don't have children. You live for today. You don't have to project as, as far forward with your decisions you make. Because it's like, I'll be fine. I'll be fine whatever happens here. You have children, it's like, I'll be fine, but they won't necessarily be fine if this goes awry. So you start making choices and have considerations for your dependents because they are dependent on, on us. So those considerations and those projections into the future of choices to make, sacrifices I got to make. Like I don't take, I can't take one-way tickets anymore. I used to, it was a great thing before kids. I could take a one-way ticket. Just up and go. Go. You want to, that's a great idea. Get to get the backpack on. Let's go. Camilla and I could just go. You can't do that anymore. They've got school. They've got teams. They need breakfast. They need sleep. They need shepherding. They need to be, they're still learning. 
still teaching them. They're in training. So you get round trip tickets. You know, you have to have a return ticket when you become a parent. <laughs> you know what I mean? Double the airfare. Yeah. <laughs> so my mom texted me today and she was like, Renee, are you going to ask Matthew this question? I was like, no, mom, I didn't have that on my list, but I will add it for you. So this is the question from Sue, my mom. All right, hi, Sue. She wants to know, how do you think your childhood influenced your own parenting today? It's a big one. It is a big one. It's a good one. Look, my childhood, no matter if we were getting disciplined, no matter if we were in trouble, whatever, which was not much of the time at all, it was very clear. It was never in question in my childhood whether my parents absolutely, unequivocally loved me or not. I heard it a lot. Sort of my brothers. I love you. I just don't like you right now. When we would mess up or, you know, keep disobeying or whatever. But the love was never in question. And I believe this wholeheartedly as I became a parent. And I think it's true for any parent that's anytime you get in a pinch about what should I do? I don't know what. Well, if your parent knows, if your child knows you love them, no matter what, yeah, you may make not the best decisions here or there, but, but they know that, that secure feeling of knowing you're loved in the home, I know is part of the big part of the reason why I, why I was able to have the courage to fly outside of it, to be away from my parents as I got older or from my brothers or from a girlfriend when I, in my past or from my family even now and going, no, I know that love still. I mean, we not, may not be there physically right now, but that's the same moon that they're under. And that's the same sun that they're under. And we, I know I could, that their love's traveling over time across the ocean, wherever I may be or wherever they may be. Knowing that's there, that they're still with me and I'm still with them, that's part of knowing that you're loved with that question as a child. So you guys kind of do the same thing for your kids. You want them to feel that, obviously. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, that's we definitely do. And we definitely do love them that way. And I, they know that. Sometimes do you start to wonder, I'm sure as a child, sure, I'm sure sometimes when you're feeling lonely or confused. And, and, and but we, we try to make sure, and I think our kids know that when you get in those times of confusion or frustration, know that you can always rely on your family and the love that your parents have for you, no matter what. Or when we have to discipline them, remind them, hey, I don't like it. I love you no matter what. All right. This is not a question about you being less loved. This is don't really like what you did right here. And we're going to help you amend that. All right. But the love is not in question. That's not up for even. That's not negotiable. It doesn't matter what you do. We always love you. But let's just talk about how to amend this behavior. So maybe, you know, if you act, if you, if you, if you amend this behavior, you'll be showing actually that you love yourself more maybe than you do right now. You know, but having that as a baseline, that's just not in question. I know they feel that. Do they have to maybe have to remind themselves of that sometimes? Probably. I know I did even as a kid, but it was never, it was never negotiable. I knew, we knew we were loved as kids. So your oldest son, Levi, is 15 years old. When you look back on the last 15 years, are you happy with the balance that you had between fatherhood, marriage, and career. Did you feel fulfilled in all three areas at all times, or was it like hit or miss in different seasons of life? 
for the most part, I, I'm, I'm happy to say that I'm, I'm happy with that balance of, of, of those three. Look, I question it every day. Sometimes it's hard to keep all three in the black running at a high level. Career takes off. Oh, obsessed and married to work. Oh, marriage and partnership can fall off. Kind of just checking in. Fatherhood. Oh, be there, be there, be there, be there, be there, be there, be there. Oh, that's up there. Wait a minute. Am I giving myself enough time to do the work that makes me feel significant on my own? Oh, I don't know. Got to, got to, got to, got to, got to balance those. Got to make sure I keep the bound. Marriages. That's a challenge. The couple creating the boundaries between the marriage and the parenthood is a real challenge because you know, you, you, like we were telling earlier, I know those one-way ticks. I'm or choices. I'll be okay no matter which the outcome. And then you. You get a partnership and you start to go sometimes, you know, I know I do it. We'll be okay, but maybe they won't. So default can be parenting and you can overparent to an extent where all of a sudden the couple, you look at each other going, hey, F them for a little while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> we, need a, we need a date night or whatever that is. You know what I mean? But, you, but in, 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 and I have to watch it because I'm like, well, they're dependent. They need, they're, 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 they need, they need us, right? And we have to remind as a couple, Camilla and I have to remind each other, shut the door. Let them go get bored on their own. Let them go figure it out on their own. It's our time, you know? It's a constant juggling of those three. This episode is brought to you by Little Spoon. If you're like me, then the bane of your existence is thinking about what to feed your children, prepping food, going to the grocery store, all of the above. Who has the time? We are all so busy, and it's important to incorporate things into our life that keep our life as simple and convenient as possible. Lil Spoon is one way to do just that. They deliver fresh, healthy meals and snacks straight to your door that your kid will love at every eating stage they are in. The baby blends are fresh, organic baby food from single ingredients to multi-textured purees to take the stress out of starting solids. They partner with Clean Label Project to test their blends for 400 plus contaminants, including heavy metals, so you know you're getting good stuff. The Biteables are finger food meals that are cut to size to promote easy self-feeding, and they are healthy, balanced, and free of artificial junk. The Little Spoon Plates are toddler and big kid meals that are free of junk and they taste amazing. Even the pickiest eaters will love them. Think hidden veggie mac and cheese, chicken nuggets, and adventurous eats like potstickers, gnocchi, and more. They also offer really fun things like puffs, they have smoothies, lunchers, and snacks. You quite literally never have to think about food again. It's just easy peasy. And did I mention this all comes right to your door? It is so flexible, so easy, and everything stores right in the fridge and freezer. The price is right. The quality is unmatched. You are going to love it and your kids are going to love it. It is just a huge win for your family. Simplify your kids' mealtime with 30% off your first order. Go to littlespoon.com slash momroom and enter our code momroom at checkout to get 30% off your first Little Spoon order. My husband and I both turn the big four zero next year, and we have been thinking a lot about our long-term health. 
We want to get smarter about our health, make better choices, but also not feel overwhelmed trying to separate fact from fiction. There is so much information out there and it can be hard to figure out what applies to you, what is right, and what is wrong. Well, let me introduce you to the Zoe Science and Nutrition Podcast. With the help of world-leading scientists, they help you make smarter health choices every week. Don't just take my word for it. Naomi's Apple Review says, Zoe Science and Nutrition is super easy to consume even if you don't understand the science. With loads of actionable tips, a great mix of guests, and interesting cutting-edge science. You can't go wrong with a weekly podcast where world-leading scientists explain how their own research could improve your health. If you're ready to join millions of others like Naomi transforming their health, then search for Zoe Science and Nutrition wherever you listen to podcasts. I heard a quote a couple years ago that you might like. You always hear like, oh, you can have it all, you know? And they were saying you can have it all, but just not on the same day, which is kind of what you're saying, right? It's like teeter-tottering throughout life. Yeah, I have a quote in Greenlight that I say, the, the genius is not all to each. The genius is each, wait, each to all. I think mean, anyway, it's, it's about being one at a time, you know? And, 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 and you can't just go in and go, I can be everything at once. No, the real, it really works when you're going like, I am absolutely being a super dad today. Oh, I'm absolutely committed to my work this afternoon doing this. I'm absolutely being the best husband I can be at this moment. And it's, yeah, it's, it's, it can get murky when you're trying to wear all the hats at the same time. Now, it's really nice to, when you can get your life structured where the daily schedule sort of encapsulates the ability to balance those three. You know, whether it's work in the day, then let's have a meal as a family tonight before we have the meals of family. Let's make sure we play outside in the backyard. Let's have some time and get the kids down. And then, honey, can we all, you and I come together? How is our day to have an intimate talk together at the end of the night? When the day's scheduled and you have follow a ritual, rituals help with that. You know, whether it's just like, we're going to sit down for dinner whole family, no devices. We're going to talk. We're going to say gratitude. We're going to share something from our day, a rose or a thorn. That's good family time that if we go, we're committed to that for an hour a night, whew, you can get a lot out of that. But then, okay, now it's time for you to go to bed. No, we're not staying up later. Why? Because me and your mom are going to spend some time together. That's why. Without you. Yeah. On purpose. <laughs> Go ahead. No, no offense, but <laughs> yes. Or uh, if you take offense, take it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So a lot of people say, you know, like family comes first, and in my family situation, my husband is a surgeon. And so there's this kind of understanding that his work will often come before certain family things. Like if he gets called into the hospital, he's leaving soccer practice or whatever it is. It's just the nature of his job. And I feel like you might relate to that in some sense where you have to put your career first sometimes. But I'm wondering if there's anything that you do to let your family know that they are, in fact, the priority, even though sometimes your work might have to come first? Well, I think inherently when when our work or career comes first is indirectly letting them know that they're still a priority. Meaning, in the same way that mom and dad have to take their own time. You know, the best, best thing you want to teach your kids? 
how to treat each other or a woman or a man in their life, show them how you treat their mother. Show them how you treat their father. Show them, let them see you. Let them walk in the kitchen and you're hugging and having a kiss in the kitchen. Let them show, let them see you be affectionate to your spouse. That's a great example for them. They're not involved in it. They're voyeurs on that. But that's still a great example for them where they were not the priority, you know, or going to work. My kids learn and trying to, you know, this delayed gratification is something that kids need to learn that most adults still need to learn. When I won the Oscar for Dallas Buyers Club, I remember this, you know, this is parents, you, you, certain things happen. You're like, oh, this could be a great teaching moment. I remember my kids going, so what's the trophy for? I said, do you remember the, a year ago? We were in New Orleans at that house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember, Papa, I was coming home and you were saying, oh, he looks, he looks like a giraffe. He's so skinny. And they were like, yeah, 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 I remember that. I said, remember, you'd get up in the morning and I'd already be away at work. And I'd come home at night, see you, we'd have dinner, and I'd go to bed and do it again. They're like, yeah, we remember that. And I go, well, what I was doing every day for that month and a half, a year later, my peers deemed it to be most excellent work and gave me a trophy for it. And they went, I saw it click. They all went, Wait, so you can do something today that you'll get rewarded for tomorrow? Like, yeah, you can. You can live and work in a way today that you will be rewarded into later on down the line. So that's putting my career first, but it's indirectly teaching them. It's directly teaching them. Oh, my mom and dad get up and go. They prepare and they take their work seriously and they go after it and they take care of business and they have responsibilities that they're not just my full-time babysitter. Teaches independence to them, teaches them. It's the old, oh, I'm bored. Good. I'm glad you're bored. Figure, use your imagination. You're being lazy. Figure something out. I'm not going to be here to entertain you all the time. I shouldn't be because the world ain't going to be there to entertain you 24-7 when you're out on your own. Figure that out, entertain yourself. Or see the example of mom and dad going to work or dad having to go do something and, and go, damn, he was committed to that. That's a, directly a great lesson for them that does make them a priority. Mm-hmm. I love that answer. Yeah, and I think lots of people listening will, like that will click with them as well. Because I think parents struggle with, especially nowadays, like you were saying, go entertain yourself. Nowadays, it's like parents feel like they need to be like, the entertainers 24-7. And so they struggle with, you know, work balance and then doing that with their kids. So that was a good thing for all of us to hear. Have you ever experienced dad guilt? Like mom guilt is such a big thing. And every time a dad comes on the podcast, I ask them this question. Like, is that a thing? Well, like in what way? What do you mean? Like comparable to mom guilt? Mom guilt could be like, you know, it's sunny on a Saturday afternoon and Milo, my son, he's five. He's like watching Paw Patrol and I'm trying to get something done. And so I feel guilty. Like I should be taking him to the park because it's sunny yeah, outside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. You know? Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. There's plenty, you know. <laughs> yes. And there's been times where, maybe, you know, I feel like, in hindsight, oh, I should have stuck with that and finished talking to them for just another 30 minutes. But I am, I was so damn tired and I had to get up early in the morning. 
And damn it, you could have. And and then I have to go. All right, amen. That you put in a good effort. You didn't. You because sometimes I, you have the energy, you know, and you stay up and you just you come. You walk away as parents. You're like, we just dumped. That was great. That was clear. They got it. They're going to bed happy with a new understanding. They understand what they did. Sometimes it's just we get tired too. It's just like kind of left it incomplete. Didn't quite teach that lesson as well as I could have, or they didn't understand it, or I didn't ex- communicate it in a way that they could understand it. And you only get, you, you it's hard to come back, you know, because it's, it's when we teach, it needs to, whether it's consequences or whether it's praise, it needs to come right after the event. If you keep pushing it, it kind of doesn't mean anything as much to them to go retroactively go, now let's pick back up what we were talking about that. Like, it doesn't really work. You kind of have to do it in the game live. And so I've had some incompletes. You know, I have had some mothers, and I know Camilla, the, the resilience that, that mothers have, and I would argue more so than dads, that to, to go, I'm not leaving it incomplete. <laughs> to, to go, I'm like, I got to go make a pot of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Oh, jeez. Oh, <laughs> Can I tap out here a minute? Can you tap in on it? You know what I mean? But, yeah, I mean, I've had it. I... I know I've been a good dad in many ways. I know I know there's places that come up short. I know also I've seen my kids come to me and go, I'm I'm not getting it right now. And I know you're tired. And this don't feel bad about this, but I'm stuck. And you know what? Let's just reset. And maybe it's just maybe I, I need to get some sleep. And they've let me off the hook before. That's amazing. Where they're like, I know you're trying. And for whatever reason, I'm not getting it or Maybe you're not. Maybe you're not explaining the right. But whatever. They don't. There's no blame here. Let's just let's just call a pass here. And because it's both of us, and I got to think about. It. Or they'll come up and they say they'll catch that I'm like getting fatigued, and they'll go. They'll find the grace to go. I did have something to do with that. You're right. I wasn't admitting that was my fault, and 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 it was. And you know you're right. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, thank. You. Oh, jeez. Okay, I just wanted to see that you had a role in that. Thing. And do you understand why, what that will do if you keep having that behavior, whatever that is, you know? But yeah, they've let me off the hook sometimes. I, I try to do my best, but I've never, I def, definitely have had some guilt. So I want to switch gears a little bit and talk about marriage post kids. A lot of my listeners have small kids, and obviously, small kids can be a lot. People often refer to the season of marriage where you have small children at home as the roommate phase. I don't know if you've ever heard that saying before. And I feel like it's because your romantic relationship is one of the easier things to put on the back burner when you're in this busy season of life. So how would you say your marriage changed after having kids? And did you and Camilla ever experience a roommate phase? Look, inevitably— and even without kids, I would argue that a honeymoon phase is, 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 is a transient thing for a more realistic love and relationship that may not be as advertisingly romantic, but may have some more just real deep, honest understanding. Look, kids come. There's, there's a, especially with small kids. Look, and a mother, you're t- there's a year, you're out. They're attached. It's the three of you at the at the least. <laughs> yeah. And that's just 
I do believe we have to give ourselves a little bit of a break and go, let's have some amnesty on ourselves here. This actually is a season. And then you got, and they are completely dependent on you, that child, especially in the young years. They are dependent. There's not a negotiation if they're dependent or not. And I'm going to be fine and you're going to be fine. We're all hands on deck here. Those little moments where we can catch our breath and go, Hi. <laughs> Hi. Remember me? How are you? Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Those are gold, but that that you know, there's certain things that just you don't have the room or the freedom to go. Yeah. Let them go. At that mm-hmm. age, they get older. Like I was saying, sometimes you gotta quit coming to me because you're bored. Go handle your own stuff, man. Figure it out. Mom and take some time together. I don't know about roommate as much as it felt like all hands on deck and we're reacting to the needs of the infant and we've got to go and then a lot of the the the, the male side with the, with the mother at that time becomes how can what what do you need because when when you, can i help you take a break not even about me and how can we get together can i what can i do to give you a minute to put your feet up and catch a breath and tend to yourself when's the last time you got your nails done you know, or, or, or do you do, you, you know, whatever that is. So a lot of that is just part of a partnering on, hey, this is the job at hand and we got to do it. And it's, it's hard, but it, what a privilege and how awesome it is, you know. I remember when I, I call it the roommate phase, but I remember being in that phase when Milo was younger. And that just happened to be when I was listening to Green Lights. I would, you know, driving in the car, I would always play it. And there was a quote in Green Lights that almost brought me to tears because I was in that roommate phase. It's on page, if people are listening and they're like, what is it? It's on page 233. Do you have any idea what quote it is that I would be talking about? No? Okay. So it's the one that goes, today I made love to my woman, not because I wanted to write them, but because I knew I'd want to when we started. And then he goes on to say, and the walk on the beach we took afterward would be more romantic. The cocktail I made at 545 would taste better. The shrimp I seasoned would have more savor, like all of the things. And then at the end, you say, and it was like all those things did happen. And I was like, gonna cry because you lose the intimacy with your partner. It can be very easy to lose that when you have little kids. It's like the last thing you're both thinking about. And so it was so touching because you might not feel like it, but when you do do it, look at what happens. And I was just like, oh my God, it's so true. So can you elaborate on that just a little bit and then maybe inspire the listeners to go make love to their partner today? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, gotta go. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, this is, this is it, look. Intellectually, it's a you could look at it as again delayed gratification. There's certain things that we almost don't, especially when we're busy, like we're talking about with kids and stuff, that we don't. Our our being is not even open to feeling a passion or a look or a moment. And and and, and if it was, where are you going to find time anyway? You know, kids work. That that. But there's certain things that you go, if I make the time, 
I'm going to, and I don't, didn't come, sometimes this is the hard part because no one likes any kind of romance to come from an intellectual thought. We want it to be just full on passion. No one wants to schedule these times. But damn it, sometimes you kind of got to go, that's our freaking hour together. I don't, we'll shut the rest of the world off, tell the rest of the world right here, back on. And it, it feels more academic because you've scheduled it. But once you're there, you're like, oh, we gave ourselves this time. It, it, I know it's not, it's not, it doesn't sound like a fairy tale romance to know that we scheduled it, but damn it, we did. I'm glad we did. And let's just forget that we scheduled it. Let's just call, say, you know, you, you want it to feel spontaneous, but it's hard. And so once you start, you just all, both are so much happier. You both get a, you both pass each other in the hallway a little bit differently than you didn't. You got a little bit of a wink back. You kind of have the, you have a little amnesty over here. You're grooving a little bit easier. You're having less right angles and less sort of structured about what we got to do because your whole rest of your life is so structured. You have to handle this and that and the other. You're kind of forgiving each other a little bit more. It's a, you're properly lenient with each other. Well, give, um, and the food does taste better. The walk does taste better. The talk is sexier and more musical. And the kids, the challenge with whatever's going with the kids also becomes a little more like, <laughs> yeah, we got this. Instead of, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? So, yeah, don't blame yourself out there for going, I don't really feel my body just wanting to right now, but I know that if I do, don't, don't blame yourself for going, it starts off scholastic and ends up feeling romantic, you know? And just blame yourself for just popping it down on your schedule and going, that's what you got to do to put yourself in a position to do something that you know is going to be make you happier and your spouse happier. Yeah, it's one of those things that's like you do it and then you're like, oh my God, that was so much fun. We should do that all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. gosh. Okay, so let's jump into the book, Just Because. My new favorite children's book. It was released on September 12th. It is a New York Times bestseller, so congratulations on that. It is a book that highlights life's contradictions, letting kids know that life isn't black and white. There isn't always a clear right and wrong. Really important messaging in the book, and I'm just curious where your idea for it came from because it is so unique. Look, generally, the ideas in the book are things that I maturely think about and try to talk about my own life with other adults and leaders and scholars and things. But I, 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 I guess I was having a hunch about, you know, seeing what my own kids were going through, seeing what I hear other kids are going through, talking to the parents about what their kids are going through. And I love trying to think of who are you communicating to? You tell the same story. I tell the same story completely differently to my kids when I get home from True Detective, when they go, what'd you do today? Then I'm going to tell my wife. It's, I've got to make a parable of, of, of certain things. So it's making, I want to make a parable of certain lessons that I think are truths that, are of, that I've crossed in the world as an adult. So how do I package those? Well, it's a rhyme's nice. A ditty's nice. A illustrations ditty. help. They make, how do we make the broccoli taste good to a younger mind and a younger heart and a younger spirit? And that's what the, that's why I packaged it in a children's book to make it digestible for them. Even though it's some adult themes, they're not like R-rated themes. They're just life themes that they're about how life works. 
to give them, you know, kids are pressured more to be absolute about what they're doing. Who are you? What are you going to be? Early. I'm 12. <laughs> like, yes, be 12. Try things out right now. Now, you know, uh, wait a minute. I'm, I'm so excited to do this, but I'm so nervous. I, I just, I'm confused now. Oh, no, no, no. Don't be confused. Anxiety and excitement coexist. That's good. That's good. Don't feel like it has to be one or the other. It's okay. Ah. And once we realize that these things are, once we call them contradictions and realize that they're not, they become something much more valuable, which is a paradox, which is innuendo, context, understanding of ourselves, the relationship we have with ourselves, relationship we have with others, where to be properly lenient with ourselves and others, and where to say, no, I'm going to be responsible. I'm going to make a choice and a judgment here that's the right one or the best for myself. So it's understanding, though, that not everyone is adults do it all the time. You know, I call you, I can call you, call me and have a joke or text me, text me, and it could be a joke to you because you're having a great morning and you just had breakfast and it's Saturday, but I'm somewhere and my dog just died. I do not receive that joke. That's why emojis are fun. You know what I mean? It's kind of like <laughs> tone. Not that we should have to, but they're helpful. And then to, we, never, we never really have the emoji of where someone else is or you don't know where they are in their life or in that moment. And we, and to have dueling ideas in our own mind, for a child can be very confusing. And when you see when you when you when you see that they're not or and but, but they're and that <sighs> allows us all or especially children to exhale a little bit and go, oh, it's okay that I feel this way and that way about the same situation. And oh, it's okay that I feel differently about the same situation today than I felt about the same situation last week. Where without being told that, we're like, oh my gosh, I'm confused. Why do I feeling? Why do I have two different feelings? <gasps> we get they get nervous, they feel confused, they get frustrated, they feel like no, I have to be consistent with one feeling. No, no, you don't. It's okay. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode of The Mom Room and providing me with samples. You know how a lot of people can't leave the house without a water bottle? It's like their emotional support water bottle. I am the exact same way with facial tissues. And that is because I have such bad allergies, specifically in my sinuses, to the point where I know I'm going to have to blow my nose multiple times in a day, and I cannot be out in public without my emotional support facial tissues. Luckily, for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so that you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Now I know if I have a big event, maybe I'm going to a concert, going out for dinner, I don't want to be blowing my nose every two seconds. It's very unbecoming. And so I will take Claritin D and enjoy my evening. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin Clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter or ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin Clear. Use as directed. 
This episode is brought to you by Lola V. Lola V is an award-winning hair care line by none other than Jennifer Aniston. They offer clean, plant-powered products for every hair type and texture. I just did my whole hair care routine with all the products the other night, and I am obsessed. Along with incredible shampoo and conditioner, they have an intensive repair treatment that you can use once a week. They also have a lightweight hair oil. There's a leave-in treatment, and there's also a glossing detangling which I need because lately I want to do my hair in like a slicked back look, but my hair is too frizzy. Get 15% off Lola V with the code MOMROOM at www.lolav.com slash MOMROOM and Lola V is L-O-L-A-V-I-E. Do you feel like social media plays a role in kids and teenagers wanting to like feeling like they have to be one absolute or that if something happens, it's more definitive. Because like, I'm an adult and I do social media for a living too. And it's just like what you were saying, like, you're not allowed to change your mind about something on social media. No, no, no. Like people will call you out and be like, hey, last week, you know, you had that vegan meal and now you're eating steak. And I'm like, well, like, you know, people want to label you as something. And yeah. So do you think that plays a role in that? Well, 100%. I mean, look, we know how much people just troll or come in and want to see the disease instead of the health and whatever we do, especially if someone's successful, right? But let's talk about the other side of what you're talking about, the, exag- the over-exaggeration compensation of how good things are. The Instagram of everyone's got the perfect filter and my life's so great. That can paint you in a cor- kids in a corner too. It paints adults in a, to a corner where it's like, well, now when I walk outside, if I'm having... If I'm thoughtful or not having the greatest day, people are like, what's he doing? Whoa, what's the problem? Oh my gosh, that's not, that's not who, you, who you're putting out on, on, your, on, your, on, your, on your socials. So kids start to feel the pressure to live up to what they're putting out on their socials as well. Instead of being able to go through. We've talked with Levi. I was like, look, man, you know, pretty good surfer and you're putting out good stuff on the Great ways. Don't be afraid to put out one where you wipe out, bro, <laughs> because everyone wipes out. <laughs> so don't be afraid to put that one out because you don't want to paint yourself in the corner. It looks like on your socials, the way I know you, I've never seen you do anything but catch great, the greatest waves. Dude, take the pressure off yourself. Everyone wipes out. Put that one up there, too. Put the one up where you cooked it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So I you're not painting yourself in that corner. And we adults do it, too. Oh, for a hundred percent. I thought quickly, because I know you have to go soon. I wanted to read you four of the couplets from the book and you could just like quickly elaborate on them. So the first one is just because I lied doesn't mean that I'm a liar. You can tell an untruth. You can be told an untruth. And if you call someone, if I call you a liar, if you fib to me right now, you call me a liar. I call you a liar. hundred percent, pretty much you're going to defend yourself and you're going to be like, you call me a what? I just cast a character trait onto your entire being. Like across the board. Liar. Then, now, forever. There's no coming back together on that. What is often the truth is that we tell each other fibs and it's a one-off. I was trying to get away with it. I know. Damn it. I did that at your expense. I'm, if you say, if I say, you lied to me there. And that hurt, that, 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 that hurt me because I believed it and I went and did this thing. And you go, now I just condemned that one act. I didn't give you a character trait. 
Now we can have a discussion. Now you can seek retribution. You can go, sorry about that. I can go, yeah, I've done it before. Cool. All right, we're cool. And we can move on for it. We can move on from it. And what we have a tendency to do, kids' life and adult life, is somebody, as you just said, one thing, we label them. And anything other than that is false. So there's no room for the contradiction. There's no room for the one-off screw up. No, canceled, done, out of my life, done. Because you're a liar. Whoa, there ain't no coming back from that. Now, as I tell kids, if someone is a repeat offender, if they keep telling you untruths, yeah, maybe they're a liar. And maybe you shouldn't trust them, as I have in another couple. You can forgive them, but don't trust them. Because now, shame on you. Maybe you need to remove that person from your life because they keep tooling you with their untruths that they tell you, and it's not fair to you. So have a little more respect for yourself and maybe remove them from your life. That person may be a liar, but a lot of times it's just someone tells a one-off a lie. And you're like, ah, I screwed up. You're right. Now we can come back together. So one says, just because I'm sitting still doesn't mean that I'm not busy. I love this one <laughs> because like my mind races. Like I could be sitting here like planning the biggest project in the world, but I'm still very busy. Yeah. Look, this comes from the obvious example of that right there. We have a lot going on in our mind. And I believe that that's still formally sacred territory and a sacred relationship that we have with ourselves. Now, the, the cup literally came up because I, <laughs> I, was, I was sitting on a park bench a couple of years ago. And I was really on my own time really going through something. And someone came up and I didn't look and I said, excuse me, I'm thinking. And the person went like, what? You shut up. They thought it was so arrogant. And I, for a second, started thinking it was arrogant, but I was like, no, 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 no. I was honestly going through something. I was having my own time and I wasn't being rude. You just interrupted me though. Even though I'm a guy, it looks like I have a reservation for one, which I do. I'm having a Socratic dialogue right now, working something out and I need this time and this, and I'm going to value this time. So, that leans into, leans into that, that respect our mind time. Don't do it so much to be antisocial. Maybe pick out a spot where there's not other people sometimes, but there, you have the right to go, excuse me, I'm, 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 I'm thinking or I'm going through this. I'm praying. I've had that before. Excuse me, I'm praying. That's legitimate time. That's a legitimate relationship. You can legitimately interrupt someone to say, no, I need this time right now is not rude. I'm busy. I'm busy. I'm actually working. If you were like typing on a laptop, they probably wouldn't have thought anything, but because you're just sitting there. Yeah. 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 Okay. This last one, I can't tell my husband this one, but just because we disagree doesn't mean that you're not right. (laughs) He will never hear that one. (laughs) Good, 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 good. Look, that's an, that's an an obvious challenge that we have in society today and i would say particularly even more to in, in america call it politics what have you it's 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 we've we've forgotten the art of disagreeing we've lost the art of disagreeing we are so about right and wrong and so much so that we've talked about over exaggeration conversation so much so that we're not even promoting a vision our own vision of what we think is right as much as we're just reacting of, well, I don't know, but you're over there and I didn't even listen to what you said, but I'm gonna definitely say that's wrong. 
just because I don't want the competition or I don't have the, the courage to listen and actually, well, then you say, what am I about? And I go, the opposite of what you're for, which is not an answer, <laughs> which is not a conversation, which is not evolution, which is not mature, which is not even that smart, but it's, we've gotten in the habit of doing that. So that's a lean in to that about going, look, two things. It's kind of like the, 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 uh, the truth couplet in there. There's what there's yours, there's mine, and there's what will come to be. There's what you thought about it. There's what I think about it. There's actually what happened, you know, and to just understand that people see things different way, that even the same, you and I, you know, you and I can look at the sky and I can say it's blue and you can say it's, it's turquoise or you can say it's green. I can say it's blue and it's actually turquoise. But, you know, if you go, well, she says it's green, but no, it's not. All it's, all, no, it's definitely, no, it's not. She's not right because it's blue. Again, it's the paradox where there are contradicts. People see different things. People are looking at things from a different view. People are seeing things from a different light, from a different angle. And it's not saying, hey, so just be open to everybody. Let everyone do whatever they want to do. No, it's not saying that. It's just saying, understand that people see things your way. Listen, try to see it from their position. Try to share your own position and then make a judgment and then make your own decision and make your choice. Be responsible for your choice. Then you have your own style. But understand it can what your truth may be different than someone else's. Just understand that. That's not conceding. It's just understanding. Goes back to almost like the black and white thinking. And people don't want to believe that there's any gray area. It's like, you're wrong. I'm right. <laughs> and it's, yeah. it's, I get it. It's get it because it's, it's so tough in this mass information age and the amount of information that's coming at us that's irresponsibly just false or selling, selling someone's own cord and not telling actually the facts, we're looking for something. What can we rely on? I mean, facts are an underdog today. <laughs> we don't even know how to define those, much less truths. You know what I mean? So it's very hard, and, and you want to find things that are black and white. You want that simplicity that you had when you were a kid. So this is this, and this is this. But it's part of growing up. It's not that way everywhere. And you want that to have a sense of, oh, I have an identity. I have a flagpole I'm holding on. I have a team. Okay, this is my tribe. Okay, what are you all about? Oh, whatever, whatever, the opposite of what they're about? Okay, I don't, what is, I don't even know. Okay, but I'm here. I feel safe. That we just, it's a place to catch your breath. And, and it's, it, it's, it's, it's a bit of a lazy place that we're all prone to be lazy. I'm guilty of it too. We need some comfort. We want a, a like meets with like. But let's at least find what it is that we're saying we're liking. Because as I was saying, most of the time it's like, well, I don't know what I'm for. I just know I'm against whatever they're for. That's not really, it's not really a firm, that's, that's called, that's called counterpuncher. And, and we become a, a little bit of a world of counterpunchers. And you're like, well, what's your game plan? I don't know. I'm just going to counter to what they do. It's like, no, dude, have a plan. <laughs> Okay. Before I let you go, I wanted to mention, so I was looking at previous episodes of this podcast. I've been doing it for over three years now. And I have an episode from a couple years ago that's called My New Year's Resolutions and Matthew McConaughey Impression. Because I, like, it's like a habit. I do this impression of you all the time. So I can't let you leave without doing my impression of you for you. But keep keep in mind, like, I am not Dax Shepard. I am a Canadian girl that grew up in Northern Ontario, okay? So this is, like, my my best, like, Texas I'll Matthew McConaughey. I'm going to those words. All right. Yeah. Okay. 
All right, all right, all right. Was that pretty good? I would say I would know who you're talking about. Okay, good. <laughs> Nailed it. Nailed it. Uh, okay, well, this was an amazing conversation. Thank you so much for coming on. I hope everybody goes and picks up just because, because it makes adults think as well. Really nice to meet you. Enjoyed that.